Hello, my badass fire starters. Welcome to Rebirth of Venus. My name is Caitlin Matanley, and this show is all about achieving the sacred pleasure of your highest potential through spirituality, self-empowerment, entrepreneurship, and magic. It's time to unabashedly blaze your own path by turning up the volume on your total authenticity. I'm an outlaw life and success coach for rebel boss witches and modern mystics, and I'm so excited to have you join me. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Rebirth of Venus. This is your hostess, Caitlin Matanley. How are y'all doing today? Are you making it rain? Are you getting that paper? I hope so, because today we are with my guest today, who you're going to meet in just a moment. We talked about owning your story. We talked about hustling from the heart. We talked about owning who you are to create impact with authenticity. And we talked about money. We talked about money, magic, witchcraft, and just how to rearrange your beliefs and stories around it in order to make more of it. If you tuned into last episode, you have already been thinking about your stories, your money stories. And it's so important to do this because we really need to get conscious and aware of the ways that our shadow desires around money impacts, and hell, not just around money, but like around everything, but we're talking about money here. Our shadow desires around money impact how much we receive or don't receive. This is just one topic I'm covering in my upcoming small group program, Rebel Cash Coven where we're talking about money witchcraft. We are talking about shadow work related to money. We are talking about business magic, creating a spiritual intuitive business, all of these things. Have you heard about Rebel Cash Coven? Do you know how to get in for free? Because this is a program you cannot just buy your way directly into. I'm offering this as a bonus to the purchase of my number one recommended course, like in general, personal development course, which I guess I'm an affiliate for. Um, But it's also the only course I recommend about money. Money mindset, diving deep into the work of reprogramming our minds around money. It changed my life. It resulted in my inspiration for this business. It tripled my income before I even finished the course. It's a six-week course and has resulted in massive shifts since then. Every time I retake the course, I experience up levels and I'm retaking the course again this year. So... As a bonus for anyone who signs up for Money Mentality Makeover through my link, which you can find in the show notes, I am offering an intimate group program. It's a group coaching program meets peer-to-peer mastermind called Rebel Cash Coven. So during the six-week course, the six-week money course, which we'll be taking together, we're meeting for three calls to not just troubleshoot and break down the content of the course because it's really helpful to have somebody who actually has gone through it And like I worked that course all last year again and again and again. And I'm like, oh, right. Now I finally understand what she means by this and this and this. So I'll be working through that with you, sharing my personal experiences, how I troubleshoot things specifically, as well as diving into the topics that I do feel like I can speak on around money. Because here's the thing. I'm not an expert on money manifestation. People ask me all the time because they, you know, appreciate my perspectives on other things. They're like, oh, what about like manifesting money or creating money or whatever? And I have books I can recommend, sure. I have, you know, things I've picked up along the way, things that have worked for me, but I'm not an expert. And that's why I recommend Amanda's course. I believe in it so strongly. Like I said, it changed my life. And this year I decided to partner with her for the launch and create this three um, not th- I was about to say three week. It's a six week program, three calls, Rebel Cash Cup, and to go alongside it, where we can take the content, go even deeper, go even deeper with the energetics, with the witchcraft, with the magic around it, put an entrepreneurial spin on it for sure, and really identify how you can use these spiritual concepts to call in more. Here's the thing this episode is dropping, I was gonna drop it Friday. I think I might drop it a day early on Thursday because Friday's the last day to join. This is your last call. This is your last opportunity to join Money Mentality Makeover, to get into Rebel Cash Coven for free. Um, 
as I said before, links are in the show notes to find out more about both the full details on Rebel Cash Coven, as well as the full details on Money Mentality Makeover. You get two programs for the price of one. It's an amazing return on your investment. You have until Friday the 14th. Oh, Valentine's Day is your last day to join at midnight. So I'm only taking a very limited number of people for Rebel Cash Coven. So don't wait. If you're hearing this on Thursday, don't wait till Friday. Get in. Um, I'm going to include everything in the show notes, like I said. Um, And the main thing I really want you to know about this is this. Last year when I joined this course, I literally only had enough for the first payment. I went on the payment plan. No shame in the payment plan game. I had enough for like barely that first payment. I had no idea why I was joining it. I had barely even followed this person previously, Amanda. And I found myself in this course and it completely shifted things for me. And while I would love to be like, overnight I became a six-figure business and blah, blah, blah. Like the reality was it was more of like a real life result where I finally understood why I was creating what I was creating around money. I ended up starting a completely new business that became very successful a lot more quickly than any of my previous businesses because of the principles I applied that I learned in the course. I, like I said, in the six-week course, tripled my income, started my business, but more importantly, the mindset shifts that changed. I stopped stressing about money. I stopped waking up afraid of money. I literally would wake up fearful around money every day. To me, honestly, that for that to be released, I would have paid tens of thousands of dollars to a therapist to release had I known they could do that. But instead, I paid a fraction of that <laughs> to join this course. And I can't tell you the peace that it's brought me around money. Sure, things aren't perfect. And there are still times I am fearful around money and I apply the lessons I learned in the course and I get myself fucking out of it. So yes, while a lot of people join the course and have crazy fucking things happen, like, you know, like huge windfalls, checks in the mail, stuff like that. I'm here to tell you that even for those of us like me, for whom it was like a constant learning, relearning, unlearning, figuring things out, how can I apply it to this, etc. I still experienced a three times income increase, a new business, less stress about money, more empowerment around money, so many other better results. So I think it's really easy to look at like a sales page. Like if you read the sales page for Amanda's course, or for any of my courses, anytime I put a course out, it's really easy to look at like what the person says about the course and maybe like look at the testimonials that seem really dramatic and be like, is this real? Like, is this too good to be true? Could this actually be true for me? And I'm here to tell you that it is. Now, nothing is magic. Well, that's not true. Magic is magic, but like we bring the magic. So if you approach anything, whether it's this course, whether it's Rebel Cash Coven, whether it's you know, anything you decide to do for yourself, if you approach it with the mindset of like, I will be a success story, this is going to work for me, I'm going to work it until it works, you will be successful. You bring the magic. And at the same time, if you're willing to bring the magic, this program fucking works. And I hope you join me for it because I'm taking it again. (laughs) So, um... Think of this episode as like wrapping up for now the money conversation. I I do see myself talking about it more in the future because not because I desire to become like a great money teacher, but I'm like a constant student of this. I learned a lot from Lauren today in our interview and I'm just really inspired by those around me who are deciding they get that they deserve more deciding they get to have more regardless of where they came from and just fucking going for it that inspires me every day and that's why I'm sharing this with you so thank you thank you for listening okay it's time for an interview today I'm talking to Lauren Allen Lauren Allen 
she went from childhood chronic illness, bullying, abuse, addiction, to being a six-figure stripper slayer and a proud coach to women worldwide. So Lauren and I connected. Um, I was interviewed on her podcast. She interviews not just strippers and fellow sex workers, but also just like all around bad bitch entrepreneuresses like myself. And we connected so much. I was so excited to bring her on this podcast as well. Um, Follow me on Instagram stories. It's always the best way to find out about like interviews I've done on other people's podcasts. I think it'll air in a few weeks, my interview for her podcast. We connected so much and I was so inspired by her because she is such an amazing example of the younger generation who is fucking slaying. People talk all the time about how the world's going to shit and like kids these days, like literally I hear people my age, I'm in my mid thirties talking about kids these days, like not as a joke. Like I just say that as a joke sometimes, but Lauren is just one of the many 20 somethings I have met recently who I've been so crazy inspired by and so excited that like this is the direction the world is heading in. These young people are here on a fucking mission. They're here to fucking kill it. And I'm so proud to be by their side. So Lauren is a self-described luscious babe coach who helps her clients craft their intuitive hustle with mindset, manifestation, and soulful sales strategy. And her podcast, Hustle Like a Stripper, which you can find on iTunes. And I will drop that in the show notes as well. Interviews fellow strippers and sex workers, as well as other badass entrepreneurial babes who are redefining what it means to be successful. You know, I'm all about success on our own terms. So I am so excited to share this interview with you today. Thank you for listening. And I will talk to you all at the end of the episode. Hello, Lauren. Welcome to Rebirth of Venus. I'm so excited to have you on the show. How are you doing today? Hi, babe. It's so good to be here. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I've been so excited to do this episode because everyone listening, I was on Lauren's podcast. Um, Well, I think by the time this drops, it may be about to drop. I basically, I was on Lauren's podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And we had such a great conversation. We had so much fun talking, and I've been really excited to follow up our conversation on my podcast ever since. So welcome to the show. I am trying something new with my guests, Lauren, and I have decided that I really want my guests to introduce themselves. Usually I'll like pull from their official bio, but I feel like that always sort of lacks like the sort of deep je ne sais quoi that we can kind of convey when we actually talk about our stories from our own perspectives and about how what we've been through has kind of brought us to where we are today. So I would love to have you introduce yourself to everyone listening. You can do so in whatever way you want. Tell us a little bit about your story and how you got to where you are today. Ooh, I love this concept. I like this a lot. So I'm excited that I'm your sexy little guinea pig for this. (laughs) So... (laughs) What's up, luscious babes listening? I'm so excited to be here. My name is Lauren Allen. I am a stripper entrepreneur. Um, I specialize in mindset coaching. I'm certified in NLP, EFT, hypnotherapy. So I'm kind of like this mix between a sexy, strategic, like sales-minded stripper and a woo, spiritual woman that's kind of stepping into her witchy shit in a new way recently. So it's like I combine these principles of manifestation of spirituality with kind of the cutthroat strategy that I've learned in the club. And my biggest goal while I'm on this planet is to teach the world what it actually means to hustle like a stripper For me, that means being unapologetic. It means being sensual. It means being confident, knowing who you are and what you bring to the table, not being afraid to ask for what you want. That is pretty much my goal is infusing the world with that spirit. Specifically, I work with a lot of strippers. Um, I saw a need in my industry for love, for community, for abundance thinking and mindset work because the stripping industry, the sex work industry, there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of lack. There's a lot of pain there. There could, you know, we have so much access to like alcohol and drugs at our fingertips. So if sex workers are going through things, they're having mindset struggles, they've had 
just a certain journey in their lives, there is so there are so many negative paths that can be taken very easily in the sex industry. So part of what I do is bringing this new perspective into the lives of women that do this work, um, just by knowing themselves, having self-awareness, tapping into their spirituality, tapping into their intuition, their magic, and showing the world what the fuck that means. What it means to hustle like a stripper, baby, just bringing that truth to the world. So that that's pretty much my uh, lofty goal there. <laughs> I love that. And you know, I love it because, yeah, a lot of people don't realize that sex, that sex work is literally just sales. <laughs> you know, I have a lot of friends who are in the various industries that are under the umbrella of sex work. And I really get like, I'm, I find myself to be so inspired by their hustle. And not just like hustle in that really sort of typical macho, like, you know, hustle with a capital H way, but this really, really deep sense of like, you have to know who you are and how to, um, and how to present that to others. And that really is the element the the, the basics, in my opinion, of what sales is about from a really, really like conscious, authentic perspective. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. A thousand percent. There's actually a quote that I love, I said in a podcast a long time ago um, when I was first starting out, but I said, stripping, sex work, all of these things, it's not as sexy or mysterious as people think it is, as it's perceived in the media, as it's portrayed in movies, right? It really is just sales and psychology all dolled up in lacy lingerie and heels. Like that's really what it is. I really do love what you said too about, um, it's about how you present yourself and how other people are perceiving that. And it really is this beautiful combination of masculine energy and feminine energy, right? You have to be assertive in a way. You have to know what you want. You have to know who you are, like really in that masculine, but it's also about being feminine. It's about going with the flow. It's about being adaptable, being open to receiving and giving, right? So it is this beautiful blend of so many different things, such a rich industry and a rich opportunity. Totally. You know, it's it's funny because I, my last I don't know if we talked about this in our interview that I did for your podcast. So if we did, I'm not sure. But my previous business was in entertainment. So I was a circus performer and I did a lot of like corporate events and weddings and like adult birthday parties and things like that. And that was when I really started learning about business from entertainment. And that was one of the first things I noticed that, you know, looking around me at other performers, you know, especially like the world of fire performance, which was a big part of what I did as a circus performer. There are a lot of really, really skilled people who are doing what they do as like a hobby or who really want to make money doing it, but aren't. And there's literally no correlation I've found between talent, like the level of natural talent or talent you've developed over years of practice. There's no, there's no, like absolutely no connection between that and how much money you're making, how successful you are. And what I noticed really quickly, which is something that carried me over into like a personal brand that I have now is that, you know, this idea, like you just talked about, about like how you present yourself is so dynamic. And one of the things that I'm passionate about is, you know, showing people how to step into that authenticity. That's something that's a journey for me. I'm constantly asking myself and and honestly being called out sometimes of like where I'm not being authentic. So have you found that in your industry, not just in your industry as a dancer, but also as now a coach, do you find that the more authentic you are, the more money you make? Do you see a connection between that? Do you feel like there's a connection between, you know, how big you're willing to show up in the world as yourself and how people respond to that by, quite frankly, giving you money? Oh, my goodness. Love, love, love what you just said there. Oh, yes. I was just like fucking nodding my head just so excitedly when you were talking about that. I absolutely feel this principle 1000%. Everything that you said, I completely resonate with because inside of the club and out, I have seen the direct result of my authenticity in the money that I'm making. When I do approach work with this, this perception that I am going to show up like I'm being paid a million dollars to do it. Like if I have a conversation with a guy if I am showing up in a free consult call, right? Like there's no 
expectation that I'm going to get a sale, right? There's no expectation that I'm going to get something out of it, right? Like I know that I am a money magnet. I'm a money manifester. Like money's always flowing to me. And this is, of course, where the paradox of manifestation comes in. Like when I approach it with that authenticity of I just want to show up, be the best stripper I can be, be the best coach I can be, give somebody a breakthrough, give them something that they need. And usually that results in effortless sales. That results in effortless money. The more that I am just concerned with showing up and giving somebody something, some light, some new perspective, some support, some love, some attention, whatever it is, in the club and out, I found that when I step into that authentic place of service, that's where the money flow comes in. That's where the ease comes in. When it's less about actually getting something out of it, like it's not it's not wrong to want money, of course. It's not wrong to want something, but when you really release that and just focus on the service, I found that that makes money so, so much easier and so much more simple. That is so freaking true. And I, okay, I have to say, like, we only just kind of started scratching the surface of this topic of like money and everything, which I think we're going to probably get into more than I expected. I have to tell everyone who's listening and you, of course, (laughs) that you are pure fucking magic literally as we're having this conversation, not one, but two PayPal notifications hit my phone. Oh, shit. Oh, bitch. <laughs> oh, that is the kind of energy. I mean, I, I, I can specify PayPal notifications, like money was, you know, that I made a sale. <laughs> because I don't know about you, but like I use PayPal as one of my payment processors. And it's funny because also when I make a payment on PayPal, like I have automatic payments, you know, of like payment plans, and things like that that I'm on. So like I get the same notification as sometimes I get excited thinking someone sent me money, but actually I sent someone money. <laughs> of course, it's great. Pra- it's really good practice in like, you know, being excited regardless of whether money's coming in and out. In yes. or out. <laughs> but anyway, I had, I had to tell you that. So good. Oh, so good. <laughs> I love that. Actually, something I did um, right be- before I was really making money in my business uh, for a visual, like for that practice. I took a screenshot of my Stripe page, like where my payments come in, and I edited it to make it look like I had ten thousand dollars in my in my Stripe, and I made like um, fake deposits. You know, like I made it look like my Stripe page, and I would go and look at it like every day. Like there's money coming in, there's money coming in. Like that visual, it really is good practice to see the the thing that you're trying to bring in. So I totally love that so much. Oh my God. Okay. First of all, your Photoshop skills clearly exceed my own. So I'm literally going to like see if you'll make me that for myself because that's a great fucking idea. Um, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I've got you. I've got you. I'll send you mine. Oh, perfect, I'll send you mine perfect. for sure. Well, I, that's what I did actually. I actually did that at one point. Somebody I followed, like they, I think they post something like that on their story and like I guess what their lock screen looked like and I just screenshotted it and like made it my background for a bit (laughs) I love it it works man seeing the visual and um, using it as a tool to the manifestation right like sometimes it's hard to put yourself there or really see it like for people that have trouble visualizing sometimes I have trouble visualizing things so when I actually see it it's so much easier to like step into the feeling like whoa 10k in the stripe account right oh so that's so pretty true cool. so true i love it okay but before we get into that because actually like, i'm all of these questions i hadn't planned are popping up about that but i want to talk about something really specific first because i think it's going to feed into the conversation we're going to have around like manifestation money things like that so i was listening i actually was on a bus ride this morning and i was listening to an uh episode of your podcast it was like a little ways back and for anyone who's listening, I'm going to include a link to Lauren's podcast, in, which is called Hustle Like a Stripper. Um, I'm going to include a link to it in the show notes so you can go and check it out. Definitely do. Um, but you were talking – it was actually – it was the episode where you're on the beach, which first of all was such a good fucking idea. I was like, I never thought about just straight up recording on the fucking beach. But next time I'm at the beach, I'm totally going to do it. I love the waves in the background. That was fucking amazing. <laughs> But I wanted to talk about self-sabotage and the excuses we make. And this really, really hit home because like I've had money on my mind a lot. I mean, I am 
introducing a group coaching program around money that's in conjunction with another money course that's out there and that I'm collaborating with as, as an affiliate. And I've been thinking a lot about money and thinking really about like myself and how my journey with money has been. It's still a journey for sure. I'm still learning a lot. And a big thing that came up often or that continues to come up for me is self-sabotage. So on the episode, um, you were talking about being sick. Do you, do you, first of all, do you even know what I'm talking about? You know what episode I'm talking about, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. I know exactly the one you're talking about. That one was definitely a vulnerable one and it did inspire me. I'm um, recording on the beach, uh, made me more spontaneous in my, like my podcasting. I'm like, wow, I can really just get the energy of a moment by being willing to hit record when I'm feeling inspired, wherever the fuck it is. Um, there was another episode that I did actually, I was on a road trip and I was, um, kind of in the mountains of North Carolina and you can hear the buzzing of just, just all of the animals around me in nature. So it's kind of cool to incorporate sound that way. So yeah, I, I do know what you're talking about. Okay, it's, it's good. Cool. I loved it. And actually the sound quality was still really good. I was like, Oh, I could totally do this anyway. So I'm gonna I'm gonna quote you. I mean, ooh, yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a quote, but like probably I missed a few words. You know, I was I was listening to it and typing this on my in my notes. Um, you said basically, you know. So let me actually frame it for the the listener who hasn't listened to the episode. You're talking about being sick. You're talking about how you know these things that happen can be sometimes a genuine reason you can't do something, but also they can be an excuse. And you gave really really good advice on how to know the difference. So you said, you know, you may say, oh, I'm just depressed, I'm anxious, I'm sick. Oh, these things just pop up. But if that's a comfortable place that gives you permission to slip back into an old way of being or an old thought pattern that you have set the intention to release or to leave behind, that is definitely a form of self-sabotage. And I got chills because I thought of all the times that I, like many people, and dare I say, many people in the spiritual space, I really feel that there's this like culture of fragility forming where it's like, ooh, we're all so fragile. We're all so sensitive. And this is very true in some ways. However, like as I this year, this year just started, in the past few months, I have been really proactive with protecting my energy in a way I never have. And I found I have so much more energy as a result. And so I've learned that for me, like, oh, being sensitive to X, Y, or Z was a form of self-sabotage, using that as an excuse not to do the things I desire. So I found that really powerful. So can you give an example? I mean, this is asking you to be really vulnerable, but can you give an example of a time that you, you caught yourself in that sort of separation between like, oh, I'm using this as an excuse, as a form of self-sabotage. Can you give us an example of kind of how you worked through that? Ooh, that's good. I fucking loved, wow. I'm like, damn, I'm so quotable. Holy shit. I said that? I'm a bad bitch. Yeah, you are. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. That was a game changer for me. I've been doing a lot of my own mindset work, right? Like what I love to teach is generally starting with mindset. Like when I work with one-on-one coaches, when I, um, or one-on-one clients or even one-on-one coaches and in my courses, I usually start with some form of mindset work and something that I've been noticing in my life is like where these patterns come up, where are the, like, where do I tend to spiral? And I had a realization that everything in my life is going great. My business is growing. I have a healthy marriage. I have good friendships. I have um, I have career satisfaction, like in the club and out of the club. Why am I depressed? Why am I anxious? Why do I have this body dysmorphia, even though I'm in the best shape of my life? What's the real fucking root of all of this? And I realized that as much as these feelings were unsavory and as much as they were uncomfortable, they were in fact comfortable. Like I keep coming back to these same places. Why do I keep spinning around in circles and coming back right to this place? And I realized I'm like, this is keeping me safe. And I think when, when we're we're talking about being safe and comfortable, people are like, no, depression and anxiety isn't comfortable, you know, feeling like shit and hating my body or hating myself or not making progress on my goals. That's not safe or comfortable. But when we say safe and comfortable, 
We're saying it's keeping you where you've always been. It doesn't mean that you're, you're going to feel good about, you know, being where you've always been, but it's keeping you in a place that is familiar. When I realized that my depression and anxiety is something that's been familiar to me my whole life, I started to notice how I felt like when I'd be calm, when I'd come out of a yoga class, when I would, you know, sign that client or see that money drop in my account, I felt the resistance. I felt the resistance to good things in my life. I felt resistance to actually feeling good. And when I realized that I was having resistance to feeling good, that's when it kind of hit me like, wow, I've been using my depression and my anxiety as a form of self-sabotage, even though it's not on purpose. It's not like I consciously want to feel this way, but it's literally a part of me that is keeping me from the next level, from joy, from actually being vulnerable because feeling amazing, feeling love and being completely immersed in the present moment, that is the most vulnerable thing that I've experienced in my life. Like actually loving someone with my whole heart, really giving my all into everything that I do. That's a vulnerable feeling because when you have something to lose, right? Like if you're not familiar with being happy and feeling Zen and feeling empowered, right? You feel like you have something to lose because you've already been on the other side of it. You've already been depressed. You've already been at the bottom. So when you reach a new height, it's almost like, holy shit, I need to step back. I need to like go backwards a little bit so that the, the fall from grace isn't so far. When I realized that that was the pattern that was being created in my life, it really did blow my mind because I don't think I've ever, I've ever heard anyone speak on that, like depression and anxiety and these things are a form of self-sabotage because we tend to think that it's out of our control. But in fact, if we are the creator of our own reality and of our own existences, then that means that we create a lot of the feelings that we have. But on the flip side, a beautiful thing is that we get to create the exact and equal opposite. So now a part of my, my journey and a part of my self-awareness is I take notice of the anxious feelings, of the spirals, of the body dysmorphia, and I notice the thought pattern. It's something that I call being the watcher and not the active participant. I just kind of look at it and I'm like, where is this coming from? Is this actually my truth? Did I make this up along the way? Whose story is this? I don't think this is mine. Is everything okay? Do I have all 10 fingers and all 10 toes? Has the world exploded? Okay, it's not so bad. It's really just watching myself like critically, not being critical of myself, but just looking at my thoughts critically and discerningly. Is discerningly a word? Whatever. It is now. <laughs> it is now. I am really glad you brought that up. And I'm really glad that you, I think, you know, this is a controversial perspective. And it's one I agree with, honestly. The thing is, I think it's like because you're telling, this is like your story. This is your experience. And I think that gets missed a lot when, you know, I'm just going to say it. Like, I, I mean, I, I'm somebody who has suffered from suffer. I'm trying to really like release that word as somebody who has experienced um, clinical depression and clinical anxiety for all of my adult life. Personally, I and this is me personally, and I feel like this is what you're saying here. I find the concept that I could control it or that I have control over it, over it or it could be something like in some way, even in some way, it doesn't have to be completely because of course, like there are, you know, br there's brain chemistry and all this other stuff. But the idea that in some way it could be something that I had control over and that I could change, I found to be extremely empowering. I do not think it to be victim blamey at all. I think that a lot of people have the perspective that they're being blamed. And like you just said, that's not the point. That's not the point at all. The point is that whether or not you're conscious of it, it can play out in this way. Anything that we experience can become a positive or negative pattern, you know? And I think that it just doesn't make sense to me that if people, like, it makes sense to me when people get frustrated or angry about this idea that, like, it can somehow be altered or fixed by themselves. I understand why people who, like, don't believe in the energetics of change or like law of attraction or witchcraft or any of these things. I understand why those people don't want to believe that they have control over it. 
But it doesn't make sense to me when people who believe in magic in all of these other areas don't believe that same level of magic can be applied to their own experience. That's something that I recently in an intuitive session I had that I talked a bit about in my last episode, I got called out on, (laughs) which is like this idea of why do we think that the magic only applies in certain areas, especially like in other people's lives, but not our own, you know? And I really thank you for bringing this up and for, for showing how you have worked through that because, you know, once we realize that we can make these changes and can do so even on a small level, it, it becomes a total paradigm shift. Like you said, it blows our minds. Oh, that was really good. Oh, I love how you expanded on that. Really, really love that a lot. I love what you said because you caught yourself even when you were talking about your experiences. And same with me. Like I, I had an autoimmune disease. Like I was clinically depressed, clinically anxious so long. Um, you caught yourself when you said suffering and you were like, I experienced. And I think even just shifting that simple perspective on I'm not suffering. I'm not a victim. This is just a feeling. And this is just an experience that I'm having. I think so often um, our diagnoses or our thoughts or our feelings, like they become such a big part of who we are in quotations and such a big part of our identity in quotations. But in fact, it really is just an experience we're having. I think that's why um, when I do talk about these kind of things or this is definitely a controversial way to, to speak on it. And a lot of people, it, it might hurt their feelings or it might make them feel attacked or they might, it might make them feel down about themselves. But it is because a lot of these diagnoses or these experiences have become a part of the identity when in fact it is just an experience. So I think just starting with that simple shift of like, what if I could just look at this like an experience? Not like I'm, I am victim to this circumstance or these thoughts. Doesn't mean that it's not going to be hard. Doesn't mean that you're, you're magically, you know, your, you know, your depression or anxiety is going to be gone overnight. It really does take daily steps and daily willingness, right? It's not like a, a be all end all. I mean, just like in magic and just like in manifestation, right? It takes processes. It takes the willingness. It takes constant fine tuning and growth and up leveling, which is painful, right? So I would not want to ever disrespect anybody that's struggling. It's mainly about finding that perspective shift in order to create a new result in your life. So I do, I really do love what you said. I love how you shifted that and expanded on that. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it, it's so true. Like I, I don't know about you, but I refuse to continue to victimize myself. And that's really, and I'm catching my, that in many areas in my own language, I teach on the power of language, but as you know, <laughs> it's a lot easier to teach on something than it is to like consistently practice it yourself. And that's not because you're faking it. It's just that like many of us, in fact, I would say all of us have concepts that we follow philosophically that we completely believe in. And yet we wonder why we don't get consistently get the results we want in whatever area of our lives. And something that I'm realizing in my own journey more and more and more, the more you can close that gap between what you, you know, believe and how you practice it, the more magical your life becomes. And I use magical in a really powerful way there because it's amazing how things, certain things can shift seemingly overnight when you're willing to just like kind of, I mean, the way it feels to me. I can't say how it feels for anyone else, but for how it feels to me is like being sick of my bullshit, finally, <laughs> <laughs> and just being willing to like clean up those areas that before were really uncomfortable for me, or were rather were really comfortable for me. <laughs> oh, I love that too. It's like, yes, it's comfortable and uncomfortable at the same fucking time. It's definitely crazy. I also love what you said too how the those of us that do like practice magic and believe in magic it is funny how the human fucking ego puts limits even when we're dealing in the world of magic and manifestation and all these beautiful things we're like but it can't touch that area of my life we're like no it can't go there why would it be able to go there <laughs> so funny i wonder so so i believe like a lot of this also is just muscle memory it's in our nervous system we store ways of feeling. And so I'd like to kind of go back to your story 
And you've, you know, you're pretty open about like some of the darker experiences you've had, experiences around addiction, around abusive relationships, around low self-worth. Do you feel like when you were in your darkest places that your body kind of got used to it on an energetic level and that limited what you were allowing yourself to receive? You touched on that a little bit earlier about like dulling your emotions, being afraid to feel more. And I'm just curious about whether or not you think that that can initially at least be the result of traumatic experiences that you've had that we've all had on some level. Absolutely. Yes. We do. Absolutely. We store trauma in our bodies. And I feel like when you are exposed to a certain level or a certain experience, right? Like in, you know, with addiction or with abusive relationships, or even just like one traumatic experience, right? Like there are like single traumatic experiences that I've had that have stuck with me like throughout my life. So I absolutely agree that you become used to a certain level and you stay at a certain vibration because it is a pattern and it becomes so ingrained in you and who you are that it just starts to become what you expect. Something that I like to teach on, like when I'm teaching manifestation and when I'm teaching, you know, mindset work is oftentimes what we do as human beings is we like to validate our existences. And I think that's why for so many, like the law of attraction and manifestation is such a weird concept because it's like, I'm just doing what I've always done. I'm just talking about what I experienced or, I mean, I'm not thinking like that. Why is this happening in my life? It's all happening like at that subconscious level. So if you've been told a million times that you're worthless, that you're going to hold that belief really deep down in your subconscious mind, and it's going to be energized over and over and time and time again by your external experiences because of the vibration that you're holding, because of that experience you had, because of that relationship. It all just kind of stacks on top of one another. And it's interesting because most of the time, no one's walking around consciously like, well, I was abused, so I don't deserve good things. Or, you know, I'm drinking because my parents, you know, my parents did and they just didn't love me the way that I needed. We're not like consciously walking around (laughs) saying those things about ourselves or our lives. It really does come from the fact of that trauma, those experiences, they are stored in the body, in the subconscious mind. And that is what is playing out at that deeper level. So our external experiences are going to match what we're unconsciously thinking, what we're unconsciously experiencing, all of that baggage, all of the past things that we're holding on to, that is what is playing out in front of us. And it is, it's definitely a frustrating process. It's so easy to get frustrated with yourself, like, fuck, I'm not trying to do this. But it, it does, it takes that time and it takes the understanding of what's really going on and how what you've been through has been impacting you just even in the present or even in your interactions or even in just your daily thoughts. Yes. Yes. I love that. I love that. I love that. Especially because I know you and I both use a few different, a few of the same different modalities. Is that like a oxymoron? You know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> you know the modalities we both use in our work. And those are modalities that I know are extremely effective at kind of like serving as a pattern interrupt in the direct nervous system. And those are EFT, emotional freedom technique or tapping. And anyone listening, that's all one modality. That's just like different names for it. (laughs) But you should know that if you're, unless you're new to the show, because I've talked about tapping on the show before, as well as Kundalini yoga. How have you used, whether it's been these modalities or others that you use with your clients, what for you is the role of energy work in any form in interrupting these patterns so that we can really kind of remove them from our nervous system and create deep lasting change beyond just the surface? Ooh, that's a sexy ass question. Love it. Ooh. Oh yeah. All my my questions. All my questions are sexy. That's my sexy voice. Is it sexy? I I think think it is. (laughs) I, I already thought your voice was sexy and now it's just getting sexier by the minute. Holy shit. Yeah, it's really it's really cool to see how energy work and the energetics of life and the human experience, how they play into our lives and our manifestations and all of these things. When I started incorporating like energy work into the club, I noticed how immediately these results happened. I'm like, "Wow, really? Like I tap into this light. I 
I, um, I use this Reiki energy that I can't really fucking see. I can only feel and it attracts people to me and it makes people want to spend money and, you know, like using these crystals and shit, like this really fucking works. It's definitely, it sounds batshit crazy when you're talking about the energetics and like what I just tap a spot on my body and it releases these thoughts or these patterns. Like what the fuck? Like it sounds absolutely batshit nuts, but bringing the energetics into any kind of work, whether it be mindset work, whether it be your job, anything, anything that you're trying to create, any life you're trying to live, it, it is a game changer. Because when you think about it, just as we are these bodies, we have a brain, we have a body, there's also something else that's going on in there. There is this whole other part of our consciousness that is going on at all times, right? Like, how do you think thoughts? Why do you randomly get this random idea? How do people invent things? right? Like, why is it that we just suddenly we just die at one day, we just die and our bodies are, you know, they're just, they don't work anymore. They're just done. But what was that thing that was inside of us that whole time? That thing that feels feelings, that creates art, that loves life and does things, right? Like there, there's these very distinct differences. I mean, we have this body, we have this spirit, we have this mind and they're all in one compartment, I guess you could say one little meat packet (laughs) for a lack of better words. So when you are in this physical body, you are this human being having this human experience that also is a spiritual being having a spiritual experience at the same time. When you bring the energetics of the unknown and of your intuition of things that you can't really see, you can only really feel and start to trust. It is amazing the results that can come out of that when you bring in that that part that is not necessarily logical that doesn't really make sense but you feel the difference you feel the lightness right like i was so skeptical of hypnosis hypnotherapy is something that i use and that has brought so much change in my life and in my clients life it's like really i just you just put me in a state of meditation and tell me stuff and i visualize things and then it's just gone. Like how the fuck does that even work? Right. It doesn't really make logical sense, but the feeling, the innate power that is within us to release is insane. I would love to talk with you about your money mindset. So I fucking love how like you will like I I saw an Instagram live I think it was you did like or maybe you did on IGTV I just saw like a little bit of it and you were like counting your money as you were talking about it I mean not not talking about the money as you were talking about whatever topic you were discussing and I really loved that particularly because earlier when we talked about um like doctoring or like photoshopping the screen so that you can see what it looks like to have like sales coming in before you actually do and how that for you that was a really powerful way of like visualizing the success you desired i really would love to see more especially women more people give themselves the opportunity to see money And that might sound kind of weird to people because I've never heard anyone else talk about this. (laughs) Not just like physically see money, which that's a huge part of it actually, but also like it, it to me it's related to like being around people who are making money, who are doing the things you want to do with money, who can serve as expanders for you to really understand what it's like to have money. And that can be applied to anything you desire, not just money, of course. But since we talked about money a bit earlier, I would love to put you on the spot and ask you how your own money mindset has changed from when you first started working at the club. And I imagine, you know, we're handling a decent amount of money from there to where you are now. How has your money mindset shifted? What did you experience as changes in how you viewed this concept of making money and appreciating it? Oh, that's juicy. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. The money mindset is a work in progress. Definitely. It's come such a long way. And my relationship with money is only getting stronger and stronger. And that's because it has become definitely a relationship. 
just like how you were saying, I, I'm actually, I have a money drawing candle, like kind of like a magic candle. It's like right next to, right next to where I'm recording with you, like by my computer. And I have um, a couple of hundred dollar bills. I've got some gold hundreds. I've got some like ancestor money that are, they kind of look like Japanese money and they're both like a hundred thousand, you know, a hundred thousand notes. So I just have it as that visual reminder, right? Making money a normal thing and just having it around me has been a game changer. Like just seeing it all the time. That's why I love what you said about actually seeing money. That has definitely been a game changer in my money mindset. Like, wow, it's just easy to have money around. It's just easy to see it. When it came to my money mindset, as I grew in the club, I went from, it was definitely a culture shock being a baby stripper. I mean, I went from being in an abusive relationship Um, having two to three jobs at one time, quitting them all and just traveling around the country with just no money, just kind of living like a hippie lifestyle. I went from being a hard worker in school, having multiple jobs, then to being a hippie, then to suddenly being free of an abuser and a stripper. And I was holding the most money that I've ever had in my entire life in one sitting, just in my hands. That's definitely a culture shock. It's definitely a shock and not responsible for a 19-year-old that is fresh off of abuse and trauma, that has never had a good relationship with money, that has like money stories out the ass, like just just not a lot of good role models when it came to money or money mindset. Um, there is a lot of deep digging that I've had to do into my money mindset and where my patterns have been in money for a long time. I couldn't understand why I would make so much fucking money, like all the time, always making money. Money came, comes to me so easy. And yet, and yet I would spend it all. Like, why am I making all of this money? And I just fucking spend it, right? Like, what the fuck is going on here? I have no problem making it, but holding on to it is tough. I realized that there was a lot of money trauma that I had in my childhood. And this actually ties into what we were talking about with self-sabotage and resistance. I had a really big resistance to success and money in my business because my dad was a multiple six-figure earner at one point. We lived in a beautiful house on a golf course and we lived this beautiful life. And my dad was really dishonest with his money. He avoided taxes for like 13 years. He was a gambler. He was an alcoholic. He had a penchant for prostitutes, which is funny. This is a whole other story about, you know, how my dad enjoyed sex work. And now I'm a sex worker. So that's kind of like a weird paradigm there. (laughs) But he was really dishonest with his money. And I sort of got this story from all of that, that when you have a lot of money, you're not honest. You're not a good person. It's not safe to have success because you'll lose it all. Because we did lose it all, right? We went from living on a golf course to living in a small apartment. So when I was realizing these things about my past and just analyzing my beliefs around money, it's so funny. We were talking about how a lot of this shit isn't logical, just with the mindset work and the things that we're uncovering about ourselves and our unconscious minds, the beliefs that we form that are being energized by our experiences. I realized where my money story was coming from and it was so illogical, right? Like, Money isn't safe. Like having success isn't safe. And I recalled something that made me realize why I overspent my money and why I was constantly rushing to get the money out of my bank account. Like I always make money. Money comes to me super easy. It's never been a problem, but holding on to it has been. I uncovered through hypnosis and just through analyzing my story that I remembered when my dad would take money from me and my brother. We would get these cards in the mail. And he would say, oh, I need this money. I need to borrow it. I'll give it back. And he would never give it back. So there was a part of me that was reacting from that place of it's not safe for me to have money. I should spend it before somebody takes it from me. This really big fear of losing money kept me in constant struggle, kept me in constant scrambling at the end of the month to get my shit together. Even though, you know, I would make six figures a year, I would never have any money left over. So it it was definitely a rude awakening and it was definitely really tough to deal with a lot of the traumatic experiences around money. Like money trauma is definitely a real thing. Um, and it, most of it is learned in our childhoods, like through our greatest teachers, through our, our closest relatives, through the people we spend the most time with. I mean, if you have parents that fight about money 
or a fight about bills or are constantly stressed when tax time is coming or when bills are coming out. That's the kind of reality that you're going to create in your own finances unless you deal with the unconscious beliefs, unless you really dive deep and understand how you act about money and how you respond to money. It's funny, money isn't what we think it is. It's not just paper. It's not just it's not just the currency. It really is an energetic, emotional, and spiritual thing. And when I started understanding that money is a relationship, it's a spiritual, energetic relationship, that's when things began to change. I loved what you said about at the beginning about how at the beginning of your money story, about how when you started out, I mean, God, I can only imagine having money when I was 19. It's pretty funny to imagine because I've only just started learning how to get my financial shit together. So it took me, it's taken me a minute as well. But I love what you said about how you had no problem making money, but you had a big problem holding on to it. And it's interesting to me because this is a concept I never really had thought about until last year when I took Money Mentality Makeover with Amanda Francis. And she talked about this in the course. She talked about how you can be an energetic match for receiving money, but being an energetic match for having money is actually a completely different frequency. So I'm curious with you, was that something that you consciously moved into? Like, was there anything you consciously did to step either? I saw two transitions of what you said, both stepping into earning for the first time and then from there stepping into the having of money. Was that a conscious process for you? Yeah, absolutely. I think the really big shift happened when I started to understand why it was that I was not holding on to money, which was the fact that it didn't feel safe. And that's a really interesting thing about money and manifestation is you have to energetically be aligned with receiving it, having it, whatever it is that you are trying to manifest, you have to be on that vibration. So I do love what you said about there is a difference between receiving money and actually holding on to money. When I understood what was holding me back in the first place, that's how I was able to release it. You know, going in and doing hypnosis, understanding the beliefs that I had around actually keeping my money. And now when I deal with my finances and I'm spending money, I'm more conscious of how I'm spending my money. I'm like, is this, it's just a matter of looking at how I'm spending. Like, do I really want this right now? Or is this kind of a compulsive buy? Like, is this me just trying to get rid of my money really fast? Or is it because I want to invest and do this, right? It's about just becoming more discerning and understanding, like, is this an ego moment? Like, is this an ego moment of wanting to spend and just get it out of my bank account? Or is this like my higher self stepping in? This feels good. Like this feels aligned, right? And that takes practice understanding. Cause at first, like spending after coming to that realization, spending was just like, what the fuck? Like, is this right? Am I just spending just to spend or do it? It's such an interesting shift when you start consciously paying attention, but it just gets easier when you understand your feelings, when you understand your impulses. Like I, I tend to spend when I'm stressed sometimes. Like that was one of my triggers was like, if I'm feeling stressed, like spending money makes me feel a little bit better or if I do have a big amount of money coming in, um, I used to just like be like, all right, well, let's fucking spend it. Fuck yeah, we might as well spend it while we got it, right? But now I'm coming from this place of, okay, I can save this. I can allocate this to donate. I can allocate this for you know, for my expenses, and then I can save this much and then put aside this for taxes, right? It's just all about being the watcher. Just like it's like being the watcher of your thoughts. It's about being the watcher of your money not necessarily the active participant of your money, like not letting the money run you, but just watching your habits around money, your feelings around money. And the more that you cultivate, again, that relationship, I like calling, you know, my finances and money a relationship because relationships always need fine tuning. They need attention. They need different levels of growth. Sometimes you have to change certain things. Sometimes you have to implement certain things. What worked in the past might not work in the future. So viewing money and finances like a relationship has been a game changer for holding on to my money and using it consciously. I think that's so powerful because in what you're saying, you know, there's nothing, there's no value judgment. It's not like, 
oh, this is wrong or this is bad or this is good around your money. It's just, does this feel good? Does this feel aligned? So I mean, yeah, I know I just said there is no good, but I'm saying you feel good. But to me, there's a difference between that sensation of, oh, I should do X, Y, or Z. And oh, no, this is actually what I desire. I started tracking my spending consistently for the first time ever just a few months ago. And I know there are a lot of different schools of thought around tracking your spending. Some people say it works really well. Some people don't. And that ranges from personal finance experts as well as like money manifestation people. But for me, it wasn't even about like, oh, you can't do this, Caitlin. You're being bad. It was just like, okay, let's just make sure that where I'm actually allocating my resources feels good, feels right, feels aligned, feels like what I want to be putting more of into the world rather than just like, oh, I ordered food too much this week. I actually didn't really want to order food. It was just because I didn't have groceries. I actually would have preferred to cook at home. That totally makes sense. And I agree. I just started really tracking my my money and actually having a budget for myself. And I was so resistant to budgeting for so long because of a lot of the the dialogue in money manifestation, like in the money manifestation world, they're like, oh, well, I mean, if you have it, then the universe is going to bring the money back to you, right? There's almost sometimes the school of thought is like tracking your spending and actually having a budget for yourself. Like that's placing limitations on your abundance. But in fact, I like what you said about like allocating your resources. Now, when I'm looking at how my spending is occurring, like what I'm actually spending on, where I'm allocating those resources, now I can say, wow, I spent $600 there that $600 could have been put in my Roth IRA that could have been put like in my savings account. Maybe I could half that and pay attention to that spending next month. And then I can use that money somewhere else. It's just about being aware. And I think that when you, when you're not tracking and you're not really budgeting, or at least like having a goal for a budget, your that's when you get into the area of your money is running you. You don't know where it's coming in and you know, what's going out. And I, do like this concept of what you track expands. So where you place your attention is going to expand. So if you're paying attention to how you're spending your money and where it's going and what you're saving, that does help it expand from that attention. It's like cultivating that relationship. Totally. And even if you come from the school of thought where it's like, oh, there's always more where that came from and all that good stuff. The the way I look at it is this. Even if I had all the money in the world, there are certain things I personally would not want to spend a certain amount on, you know? And so it's like, for me, and that actually has been a question because I used to use not having money as an excuse and be like, oh, I can't go to this thing I don't want to go to anyway because I'm broke or whatever. (laughs) I used to say that shit all the time. I had to get clear on that of like, wait, if I'm trying to attract more money and more opportunities for money, but I'm using money as an excuse that not having it is really serving me. So I need to actually get more honest and more clear. And the same goes with my spending patterns. It's like the example I gave, even if I had all the money in the world, I personally don't love eating out too much. Like I love a good dinner. I love ordering in when I'm feeling just like super lazy and it feels just delicious to have food brought to me. But because I feel like I have no other option and like I forgot to buy groceries, that feels like scarcity, you know, and that has nothing to do with how much money is in my bank account necessarily. Oh, that's some real shit you just said. Yeah. Yeah. I really love that. I do love that concept that you just said that sometimes the patterns or our behaviors around our spending or what we're spending on, it can put us in a state or a mindset or a feeling of lack, even though that's not the reality. That's really, really good. Totally. Well, thank you, Lauren, so much for joining me for this conversation today. Where can my listeners find you? And tell us about anything exciting you have coming up on the horizon. Ooh, yes. So you can find me at Luscious Lifestyle by Lauren on Instagram. Um, You can just find pretty much everything you need on my Instagram. I have a podcast, Hustle Like a Stripper. Would love for you to listen. I drop episodes every Thursday. I'm actually going to start a Patreon and do like bi-weekly, like specific extra like bi-weekly episodes. So that'll be pretty fun. I am in the process of just expanding my course offerings. I'm always available for one-on-one coaching, but I am going to be launching a course probably in about a month and a half. And it's going to be more spiritual, law of attraction, manifestation based. So that's going to be really, really cool. 
So yeah, I guess the sky's the limit. I guess you'll just have to follow me and keep up. (laughs) Amazing. And everyone listening, as always, I have all of Lauren's links in the show notes. So be sure to click over there for the direct links of everything she just discussed. Did you love that episode as much as I loved recording it for you? I hope so. I love, love, love interviewing badasses on this podcast. If you're one of them, I encourage you to reach out to me on Instagram um, or send me an email, which you can find my email on Instagram as well. And tell me what your story is. Tell me what you have to share with the people who listen to this podcast. I would love to have you on. Um, tell me people you want to hear on this podcast. Tell me people that you want to hear me talk to. Send me your recommendations, tag them, like set up a little uh, hello, like meet and greet message. I'm really passionate about these conversations and I it's my intention that this episode left you as fired up about going after what you know you deserve or just increasing what you even think that is. And like I said at the beginning, if you're ready to do that deeper around money, be sure today, tomorrow, depending on when this episode airs, the 14th, Friday the 14th is going to be the last chance you have to get into my group program, Rebel Cash Coven, for free as a bonus when you join Amanda Francis's amazing, 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 highly recommended by me, money course, money mentality makeover. When you join through my link, which is in the show notes, you'll get into Rebel Cash Coven for free. So check all that out. Don't hesitate. Don't wait. You have like one day and I can't wait to see you inside and to continue doing this work together, you know, as I lead you through what I've learned and as I continue to up level right by your side. So it's a really innovative program, Rebel Cash Coven. Like I said, it's a group program, a group coaching program meets peer-to-peer mastermind. We're both guiding each other, leading each other, doing the work together and in a space of learning together. So I hope you check it out. I would love to have you inside. Space is super limited and I will talk to you all soon. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, be sure to leave me a five-star review on the Apple Podcasts app. To keep the episodes coming, click on the link in the show notes to support the show for as little as $1 a month. I am so grateful to have you as part of this movement. I'll see you soon. Thank you.